people come in and they can't believe that we're independent. They just think the professionalism of our website, which is the first glance that they get, they're really surprised. So I think a lot of that credit goes to Charlie. Well, and, and we, we love it when people come in and like, you're not a franchise, you're not a corporate. We're like, no, we're just three local moms. This is Amy, the Senior Group Fitness Instructor at the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast. Are you looking for a spark of inspiration to bring to your next class? Find us at IndoorCycleInstructor.com. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast. John McGowan, your host. I have, over the last couple of years, been interviewing studio owners, uh, either before they start doing their open, once they've been running, you know, to get their perspective, because I know it's incredibly valuable to other uh, studio owners. And so today, from Wheelpower Studio in Deerfield, Illinois, are Donnie Stutland and Tracy Chudnow, and they are uh, both joining me together. Donnie, can you start so everybody knows your voice? Sure. Hi, this is Donnie. And say hello, Tracy. Hi, this is Tracy Chudnow. What's your Genesis story? How did it all begin? Tracy and I had met through Flywheel. Tracy was an instructor, and Tracy and I became close friends. And we continued to train together. And about a year ago, only about a year ago, amazingly, yeah. <laughs> that we put this and we pulled this off in about a year, we decided to go out on a whim and do something. So we put it together quick. Um, but it's been, it's been a roller coaster, but it's been a lot of fun. And, uh, just in, in random training sessions, we just talked, wouldn't it be great to have something up in the suburbs? We felt that there was a need. Um, all of our boutique indoor cycling studios are in the city. So in Chicago, if you work in the city, it's great. But if you're up in the far Northern suburbs, like we are, uh, on the weekend, it's a fun excursion to drive half an hour into the city for a good cycling experience, but there was nothing near us um, any closer than a good 20 minutes. Even one studio that's in the um, near North suburbs was still 20, 25 minutes um, non-rush hour for us to get to. So we just saw the need in the marketplace and decided to go out on a whim and do it. So how did you decide on your location? Um, this is Tracy. So location, we, we really wanted something that was going to be centrally located to a couple of neighboring, um, communities, uh, and, and pretty close together to a couple different cities. So we knew that there were specific areas where it hit a lot of foot traffic. Um, but it was also a very easy commute to surrounding suburbs, um, where people just could feel the ease of being able to travel, park, um, accessibility. And also we, um, I in particular, had a, a pretty great foundation laid in, in Deerfield, Highland Park uh, area of Illinois already where a community had been formed. And we knew that we needed to keep it within that community to really reach that niche um, that we were looking to reach. So how far away are you from your previous studio. Were those people actually going down into the city to go to Flywheel? There were minimal amounts of people. There were some who religiously came on the weekends. Um, but for the most part, no, a lot of them stayed in the suburbs. And where we're located today is, is only a couple miles 
away from um, where we where I originally was prior to moving to the city. Flywheel had a location in the suburbs, and unfortunately, their location was probably a little bit too early for its time. So their location, one neighboring town over from us, closed over two years ago. Stace, Tracy, Stace, Tracy, <laughs> Tracy was part of that, but she continued on and she worked in the city, but they no longer had their suburban location. It's been two years since that closed. So we're actually also mothers. Um, our third partner is also a mom. And so for us, for, for Tracy in particular, I think the biggest impetus was wanting to have a location where she wouldn't have to be an hour plus away from her children at school any given day, wanted to be closer to home. But unfortunately, um, in our market, there wasn't a big player that offered that in the suburbs. So you guys decided you're going to start a studio. And just for everybody's understanding, uh, when did it open? It opened just under a month, May 2nd. Okay. So May 2nd, so you're almost at your one-month anniversary. We're recording this on June 1st. Yeah. Happy anniversary to us. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm just going to ask the next question that comes from that. How has your first month been? Fabulous. It's been great. It's been a roller coaster. It's been a whirlwind. But um, the highs have far outweighed the lows. When we talked to kind of did a pre-discussion talking about this, and, and it was my understanding that um, – you're you're pretty much filling the studio already. We have, I mean, we definitely like this weekend. Memorial Day weekend was our biggest, and we had sold out classes all three days on a weekend. So one month in, I mean, you can't ask for anything more than no, you know. So um, we have other days that are slower. Sometimes the weather or a certain day of the week might be slower. It's not all sold out by any means. Um, but we well, no, and you're in, you're in Illinois, and it's summertime. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> there's people who are going outside. This is typically your slow time. Yeah, so, yeah. so, yeah, no, that's very encouraging. All right. So step back a little bit. In one year, you decided to start a studio, and you opened. Is that accurate? Yeah. It, you know what? It really hasn't. It's it been it's under a year. We really started this year. process at the end of June. last uh, June. So yeah. it's almost a year. And um, we've been continuing on from there. I think I asked the question, but we got distracted. How, how, did, you dis- how did you find your actual location? Because typically that's the hardest part. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, obviously we, we found a local real estate broker. Um, we, knew, we knew how many bikes we wanted to have. So for that, I think parking and accessibility to main roads was a concern. We definitely initially thought, oh, maybe we should do something smaller, have fewer bikes, and then we could do cheaper rent in a more industrial location. But we decided the ease of parking, um, being a tenant in a strip mall with maybe some other, we have, we have like a little farmer's market type grocery store that we thought hopefully would be a nice time. Um, you know, we decided let's make it easy. Um, so we got lucky. There was a spot in a strip mall. It's in the town that I live in. It's, it's on the border of the town where Tracy lives. So it was easy for us to have close accessibility to our kids. Um, so we decided to go for it. It It was a little bit bigger than maybe we initially wanted, but we decided the beauty of that was that we could add in a second discipline room, add in a childcare room and see what happens. How did you guys go about your financing for everything? Was it personal, uh, friends and family? Did you guys look to a bank? How, how did you come up with that? Yeah, we did friends and family. And you found the space, I'm going to guess, pretty quickly because you 
did a complete build out and then the place looks beautiful. Yeah, yeah, we, we did. I mean, we had a few properties, but we primarily wanted to focus on a couple towns. We felt like, and now it's changing, but um, the towns that we focused on, we felt like um, had not yet become oversaturated, whether it be with an Orange Theory or a Pure Bar. Um, so we were trying to find an area that was a little bit less saturated. You know, obviously their plans in the next six months within five minutes now for some Orange Theories or other boutique studios. But um, when we got here, initially that was also part of it. We were looking at who else was here, how far they were the distance was and just in terms of the boutique market, not necessarily the cycling market. But you're wise to look at them as competitors. Yeah. You know, people only have so many hours a day that they can exercise. So you quickly found your space. How did you go about the design of your studio? And then did you guys do the work yourself or did you hire a contractor? No, (laughs) we we did not get out our hammers. uh, We we started our process with a consultant. We were just trying to decide the feasibility. If this was something we wanted to do, if we thought we could pull it off, we worked with a consultant. Um, so she gave us some layout recommendations in terms of the number of bikes that we wanted to have in our studio, if it would work to have a childcare room. She had great recommendations in terms of soundproofing um, and other. Bar- Barbara, Barbara Hoops, Hoops. Is who Yes, we work with Barbara. Uh, we call her our, our fairy godmother because she's just <laughs> the sweetest, uh, you know, from the South, sweetest can be, uh, always happy to be helping. Obviously, in her recommendation, we found a, we found a local architect. Uh, we wanted someone that knew our local zoning, um, had gotten things through uh, the planning commission. Um, you know, when we're dealing with the fire code or the sprinklers, we wanted someone local. We also had a local contractor, um, and they worked with Barbara in terms of recommendation on like rubber floor materials or soundproofing materials. And then the actual design of the space, uh, we're very proud to say we did that all ourselves and we, you know, tried to stay within a budget. So we we got very creative in terms of some of our sourcing when it came to the pure design elements in the studio. And that makes us really proud as well. I can't believe that you did this all in less than a year. It's mom power. <laughs> it's it's mom power. Well, the, the funny thing, too, is when this happened, I was pregnant. So so. No, I'm not sleeping because I have a new baby at home. So I think it's just, you know, when we, and Tracy has two boys. So when we started this process, Donnie was seven and a half months pregnant with baby number three. I am a single mom, was working downtown. Um, and Tracy was a single mom commuting to the city in our yeah, and every day. Our other partner, Stephanie, is, is a full-time teacher. Uh, school teacher. So um, the three of us with, with the, the craze and the busyness that we have, um, yes, I, I think that we're pretty impressed with ourselves that we were able to do this in under <laughs> We sometimes just look back and think it just really, how did, how did we do it? How we couldn't tell you. We really couldn't right. tell you in some ways. Right. Then I'm going to presume that your target market are your peers, your mom. Yes. And, and, and we have to say that's worked to our advantage a lot. Um, I mean, obviously we welcome men. We have, we have male instructors on staff and some men prefer a male instructor. I mean, we, we love, we love our male riders. We love our student riders. We, this summer, we really tried to tap into the student rider because they're home from college or they're, they're off high school. Um, you know, so we can't just focus on the moms, but obviously, um, the initial marketing push, we tried to get crafty in how to find the moms though. But I would say that it's more of a diverse crowd that we are pulling from around here. Like Donnie just said, initially, 
for us, it's easy to find the mom crowd that, that relates to us. But at the end of the day, when you have an indoor cycling studio, which brings such high intensity and low impact, it, it, you have people that gravitate towards us that are from all different realms. Um, we have an older crowd. We have people who have, you know, torn meniscus and injuries and they're able to get on a bike and they're able to pedal because of that low impact. So we're really able to tap into so many different markets as opposed to just one niche area. So we've got teenagers, college kids, um, men who are traveling to the city, women who are traveling to the city, so they come early in the morning. Um, and then our 930 crew is is mostly that that mom crew. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the housewife's class. Right, you know, yeah. Call it. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and, and good for you because I, you know, I've talked to hundreds of people very similar or in the same position as you, and I see them trying to chase some demographic that has proven reluctant to come to indoor cycling. I'm talking about the outdoor cyclists. Not that they don't come, but as a studio owner, you really got to be focused on revenue and getting butts and seats, as they say, to, to really focus on that, um, that female demographic, I think, is incredibly important. Yes. But, you know, the funny thing is, like, we have, we have some male riders that we that are great clients. And this weekend, one of them finally got his wife in for the first time. And it's amazing. Oh, fabulous. You know, it's funny to see it happen on the other. You would assume it's the wives that we're trying to get to pull in their husbands. But we've had some husbands that come and, and they like the workout. We we use Performance IQ. And we have the leaderboard tracking. We have the data. And I think that, in some ways, that competitive aspect appeals to the men. The women enjoy the dance, the party, uh, losing themselves, closing their eyes, being in the dark and the lighting and the, that sensory aspect. So you know, we tried to design an experience that can play to the strength um, or what the experience that any given user is looking for. That was going to be my next kind of round of questioning is technology. So you're using Performance IQ. Uh, which indoor cycle do you have? We have the Stages bike. Okay, you have the new Stages bike. Stages. Fabulous. Yeah. And have, have they worked well for you? They have. We, I mean, we, we have minor issues. You know, it's the first month. We're figuring out calibrations. We're figuring out parts. But they are such a smooth ride. And I think the feedback we're getting. Yeah, is, the feedback from the riders. Um, they're they're loving that it's on a band that is as opposed to a chain. The flywheels are connected by a band. And the ease of um, getting the bikes perfectly sized to a specific person is is what I hear is the biggest plus from, from most riders. And to be completely honest was one of the biggest sales points for me was obviously um, the ease of setting up that bike as well as the technology just being pretty spot on um, in terms of calculations with watts and RPM. Perfect. Performance IQ, are your instructors taking to it? Right now, you know, we're establishing our brand. Uh, we're building our base. We are not toggling through all that that it has to offer as of yet. Um, I believe moving into the future, we will try to incorporate um, heart rate and um, more team races um, within some of the classes. As of right now, we're using um, minimal uh, minimal screens just so that people can become acclimated with what we're trying to accomplish here at Wheel Power. Then you're right. You do not want to overwhelm people 
And uh, but you are using the stats, emails, yeah. like oh, follow-ups, yeah. oh, people and stuff. Love that. People love it. Okay, so uh, whose technology are you tied up tied with as far as your re- registration and all? Zingfit. Okay, you're using Zingfit. Okay, but I'm looking at your website and it doesn't appear to be a typical Zingfit website. Uh, well, we found an outside developer. Um, we worked with Charlie Green, um, and so and I think that's what we wanted. We wanted a unique experience in our website. Charlie designed it for us, and it's amazing because people people come in and they can't believe that we are independent. They just think the professionalism of our website, which is the first glance that they get, they are really surprised. So I think a lot of that credit goes to Charlie. If you go to Flywheel's website or SoulCycle's website, you know, these multi-million dollar companies, it looks like the same person could have designed yours. Yeah. Well, and, and we, we love it when people come in and like, you're not a franchise, you're not a corporate. We're like, no, we're just three local moms that <laughs> had a lot of blood, sweat, tears and sleepless nights. How did you come up with the design of the website? So we had the color scheme. We had the fonts that we loved. So we presented that with Charlie. And then he kind of took our branding, um, our logo, and really ran with it. Yes, he created the format for um, the website in terms of uh, the header and the footer and um, what needed to, to be placed where. Um, we supplied him with all of the, the graphics, uh, the pictures, the text content as well, and and uh, he used his creative genius to uh, put that all together and, and create something beautiful. All the while incorporating the Zingfit technology part of it. And has that all been seamless, or have you had some growing pains? I think any new business you're going to have. To <laughs> um, you know, and the and the other thing to remember too is. You know, I, I talk about that my husband's in a different industry, but he also has his own business and he's had software created for him. And he's always like, listen, there are people that create software, but they're not doing the day-to-day business. There are going to be things that come up in our business that we want to accomplish that maybe never came up in another studio. So no software company's going to know how to do that. You know, in some ways, it's almost like a logic game sometimes how to accomplish things. I think part of it's because we're a dual studio. So we have two dis- different disciplines. We're trying to do classes in both disciplines. Um, so we've had to be creative how we, how we code things and input them on our end. Um, but, um, you know, it's, it's a whole learning process for everyone. There's a learning curve with everything. So you're indoor cycling and what, what's your other discipline? Um, We have a strength training room, um, sculpting room, um, where we do circuit training. Now, do you ever incorporate the two together? We do. And that's actually been what the hardest part with the software has been that there's really not a way because we have a different number of people in that can be in our cycle stadium versus in our strength training room. Um, we kind of have to manually sometimes put people in that second class so they don't get charged. So that's been our biggest issue, I would say. But it's also our biggest, our biggest and most popular um, class. class is is the combo class, which we call a Power Seventy Five, where they do um, twenty plus minutes of of uh, strength, where they're really getting their muscles nicely warmed up, and then they join into a forty five minute um, power ride class of ours. That sounds like fun. Yeah. yeah. But the problem is, I mean, we, we played with a 30-minute, 30 30-minute 30 class, and we played with other options, but we just felt like we had to tie it into that 45-minute class in terms of performance IQ, in terms of ZingFit. So it was, we had to play with things to make it fit the software in some ways. 
Got it. Okay. And again, you're only a month into this. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And I'm sure it's going to change multiple times in the next (laughs) nine months. (laughs) Right. Well, and, and, and also, you know, everybody says, well, when's the best time to open? And, you know, if you can afford it from a cash flow perspective, you know, launching here early in the summer is probably best because then you're going to be rocking and rolling come October. That was, that's the that was our hope, you know. That's our intention. So, yeah, that we, and, and it gives us time. And, so, you know, I have to be honest with you, our preview, we, we did a preview week. We offered free classes. And as a result, word spread. And we probably got more people than we were hoping for, which is not a bad problem to have. But you want it to be slow in some ways at the beginning. Um, so now that things have slowed down, we have certain days that are slower. It helps us figure out our needs and our desires and, you know, our just if we need to change our business plan and our model in any ways, that we welcome that in some ways. That was one of the things we wanted to talk about, too, about your, your launch. How did you decide what you were going to do your first couple of weeks? Well, we knew that we wanted to start with a preview week where we could offer our community free classes um, so that they could get acclimated with um, our studio, the surroundings, and all that we were and had to offer. Um, So we did actually about a month and a half to two months prior to opening our doors, we started with a huge marketing push on social media. Um, via Facebook, via Instagram, we created accounts and we started getting the buzz out with certain private chat rooms and also publicly on our own personal pages. Um, and then finally on our webpage, uh, or I'm sorry, on our Facebook page as well for Wheel Power Studio. When we opened our doors, we did that free week worth of classes, um, obviously with the intention of, of getting the buzz out there and letting people enjoy so that we could um, get them interested enough that they would want to start buying packages from us. And one one other thing too, prior to our preview week, and I will give Charlie Green credit for this too. So we knew we were going to set up our site with ZingFit. Um, And then Charlie mentioned, hey, you know, before you integrate with ZingFit, which is going to be closer to your launch, I can use Stripe and make it so you can take transactions if you want to do any pre-sales. So Charlie put the idea in our head. So we decided to do almost like an early buy-in, like our own Kickstarter. We were like, you know, it's, we're a little bit too late to do Kickstarter here at this stage, and we decided to do it. But what if we could do something like that, where, you know, by being this not even pre-opening special, but like pre-groundbreaking, um, if someone wants to buy a package, maybe we can give them some perks and lock in some discounts. So Charlie set that up for us via Stripe. So we actually had already had um, a decent amount of sales before we even had our web, like our full website up and running. This was just a landing page Stripe. Wow. Yeah. That's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. Very great idea. Because I'm going to guess that there were a lot of people excited. Yeah. That you were going to be there. Yeah. Yeah. There were. Um, I mean, and obviously we had... We had somebody, and, and, it, and I have to say too, that made it really fun because once people saw our pictures, we got so many people that were like, oh, I'm so mad I didn't do the pre-sale or can you please honor it for me now? Because people bought without even having like pictures or plans. And then once they saw the pictures, I think they, they didn't, they didn't expect it to even be the standard that we were able to create. So that was really fun too. You know, I try to make sure that every one of these interviews has some real 
key uh, information in it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that I think is going to be the big takeaway. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, Charlie. Charlie mentioned to us that he had done some sites where a couple other people did a pre-sale, and all he had to do was throw it up with Stripe um, as like the merchant processor instead of waiting till we had our full Zincfit site up and running to process payments. And so the way we decided to do it was almost, we did it, we, we tried to structure it like a Kickstarter. You know, if you pay X amount in addition to a package, you're going to get, we actually offered like free cycling shoes because we, we include complimentary cycling shoes. So you can get your own shoes um, as like a free promo too. So they'll be waiting for you. And then we were able to put it in with our order and it worked out nicely to give a little perk uh, for someone to buy so early. And then it helped with the cash flow early on too. Everything, you know, sales solves all problems. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I'm sure it was a, it, I'm sure it was encouraging to you all uh, that you were doing the right thing. Yeah, absolutely. Because, because you're all committed to this, uh, pretty substantially, I would bet. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. All right. Well, but it sounds like you're awesome friends, and and uh, which which leads me to my last question. Because uh, I always want to ask something that maybe is realistic, but it may sound negative, is that how do you resolve conflicts between you? When we first got started, Barbara mentioned that she once worked with a group of three and that they had a big issue over digital lockers and how much money to spend on digital lockers. So I always laugh whenever like little things come up because it's like, well, at least we all agreed on the keyless lockers. Right. Yeah, so, digital. <laughs> so, but she likes to tell the story of, 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 a, of a cycle studio that didn't come to fruition because the girls could not agree on the digital lockers. Um, I think, I think it's, I think that's part of the reason why there are three of us. I think that helps. It's almost like we're like a tripod. Um, so we, at least it's not, it's not two to two butting heads. I, I think also too, we all, we all notice if we, if one of us needs to, you know, cool down, I think sometimes too, we have to, you know, there are three of us, the third person, if there's a disagreement has to be a mediator in some ways, uh, to get the other two to come to an agreement. Hi, so, I would- so and you know what with that we we have we do have a nine o'clock starting we should have told everybody that you're in an active studio (laughs) so so we we only we have a we have a smaller class because we have our one of our 75 so we can only really have about eight people go into both studios so but there will be a couple people filtering in i wanted to add to to just piggyback what donnie was saying and and just say how do we resolve uh, my take on how do we resolve issues is and and i believe that this is with any relationship period is communication and constantly having open lines of communication with one another so that we're very aware where each one of us is standing on each situation that's coming to a head so that we can resolve issues as a team, um, as a partnership, and be able to move forward uh, based on that communication and keeping it really, really open. Because I'm going to guess you're going to be challenged here as you Oh, for sure. And, the, and, and, and as you're saying, to be back on that, we do, we do weekly team meetings and, you know, give a forum where someone can bring something up if they are disagreeing with a decision that's you know, I've so enjoyed talking with you. You're very well spoken, and and you sound like you're having a lot of fun. Yeah. Could I make a calendar entry that we do this again a year from now? Get an understanding of what your first year was like. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you'll have some stories. Yeah, yeah we would that, love that. That would be really fun. 
All right. Okay. Well, Donnie Stutland, Tracy Chudnow, I appreciate your time. Just in case somebody's in the northern part of Chicago and they want to go to Wheel Power Studio, what's the best way to find you guys? Probably on our website, wheelpowerstudio.com. Awesome. Ladies, wishing you the best of luck. Thank you so much, John. Thanks, John. It was so nice speaking with you. 